G'day mate, 40 here. Fascinating article in the New Yorker, how hospice became a for-profit hustle. Thousand dollar Rolls Royce that was later confiscated by the government. Nelson, who was convicted earlier this year of seven counts of healthcare fraud, told me that he'd fallen victim to greedy hospice entrepreneurs who had done hundreds of third grader level forgeries of his signature when racking up illegal enrollments, and that he'd assumed other forms he'd signed were truthful. Nelson awaits sentencing and has filed a motion challenging the verdict. The Mississippi Delta has an acute shortage of primary care providers, a problem that contributes to the region's poor health outcomes. When I visited some of the fraud victims in the case, all of whom were black, they told me that the experience of being duped had deepened their mistrust of a healthcare system that already seemed out of reach. Yeah, if you're low IQ, right? <laughs> You're going to be duped a lot. Right? Some of the patients Nelson had approved for hospice were in their 40s and 50s. One had cognitive disabilities, and another couldn't read. Marjorie and Jimmy Brown, former high school sweethearts in their 70s. Yeah, so this for-profit hospice industry, they're, they're doping people up with opioids and uh, killing them off early to turn a profit. And this is a New York Times article on is New York's child welfare system a racist? Some of its own workers say yes. Keep in mind, most of the workers and most of the supervisors here are black. My son. Disparities in the child welfare system persist in New York City, even as the overall number of children removed and placed in foster care continues to fall from 40,000 in the late 90s to 14,000 a decade ago to under 7,000 today. Once black families are in the system, the outcomes of their cases are more likely to be severe. As this year began, 4,300 black children were in foster care, about one in 90, while only 406 white children were, about one in 1,100. Wow, so it sounds like there's a problem in part of the African-American community with parenting. Or maybe it's white racism. Can't quite figure it out. The racial gap has also defied years of attempts by ACS to close it. ACS has had an Office of Equity Strategies since 2017. Right. It has a racial equity and cultural competence committee and an equity action plan. It requires implicit bias training for staff. It assigns a growing percentage of its caseload to a non-investigative track that connects families to the help they need. ACS supported legislation that raised the evidence threshold for substantiating abuse reports and that required bias training for mandated reporters of abuse including teachers and medical workers. Gladys Carrion, ACS's commissioner from 2014 to 2016, said that the challenges the agency faced were universal and enormous. There is no child welfare system in the U.S. that stands out as being able to have effectively dealt with the issue of disparity, she said. To wow. ACS's credit... So it sounds like... Uh... Different groups might have uh, different commitments and different abilities with parenting. They've tried a bunch of things, maybe more than other jurisdictions, and none of them has moved the needle. 
She added that the agency faced the impossible task of keeping every child safe without over-policing families. This is the only place which has a standard that you can never make a mistake, she said. In October 2020, while the study conducted by the National Innovation Service was underway, ACS's then-commissioner David Hansel touted it to the city council. We must listen even when it is difficult, he said. And we must look critically at our own attitudes, even when it is painful. In the survey, many ACS workers focused on how allegations of neglect, a broad category that includes inadequate guardianship, food, clothing. Yeah, we have astronomically increased the definition of abuse. Right? There was no such category of child abuse prior to the 1960s. And ever since then, we keep maximizing the definition of abuse to you know, anything that is short of encouraging human flourishing. Your shelter and accounts for two-thirds of all maltreatment reports are used to sweep poor families into the system. Mandated reporters, ACS workers complained, often file reports that describe conditions indicating poverty but not neglect. Teachers make reports based on the cleanliness. Yeah, so these, te <laughs> these parents say, oh, you know, can't afford to feed my kids. Uh, like it costs a couple of dollars to make a decent breakfast. Come on, man. A child's clothing, or whether they bring food to school. Here comes my ferry. Caseworkers said they spent so much time chasing unfounded neglect claims that it became harder for them to protect children from abuse. They suggested the agency push lawmakers for clearer neglect standards. Emma Ketteringham who heads the Bronx Defender's family practice and participated in the survey, said that nothing appeared to have changed at ACS since the report. The bigger picture here, Ms. Ketteringham said, is that we have ACS publicly committing to be an anti-racist organization and then not even sharing the findings publicly, let alone implementing them. Angel Charles, a 37-year-old travel nurse, thought her dealings with ACS were behind her. Ms. Charles, who herself experienced sexual and physical abuse, had three children removed for abuse and neglect in her early 20s. And she did nothing After wrong. her three-year-old son burned himself on a radiator, she allowed her children to miss school, and she kept an unsanitary apartment, her lawyer said. She's the victim here. 